Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad he loves you this morning? I'm so glad to know a God who cares, understands our situations, our problems, whatever it is. He's with us in our joys and our great times of happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our tragedies that comes in life's way. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen. He says, I'll, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. We're right here in the end time where the word of God is being fulfilled. Things that are happening that is just swiftly taking place. And I'm glad to be a part of this end time plan and what God is doing in this hour. Amen. Maybe you've got a need in your heart and life today and you just reach out to him for a moment. Raise a hand to him and say, Jesus, don't pass me by. Will you just come to me right now? He knows your need. Father, as we bow before you, what a wonderful Savior that you are. Lord, your mercies that are new every morning and your promises, Lord, that, oh God, actually go from generation to generation. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that here we are in the last generation and you're here with us. We are here in this last day, the Laodicean church age. And the end time prophecies are all being fulfilled. We thank you, Lord, that your promises are true to us. Oh God, and that you're here present, Lord, the present help in our time of trouble. Lord, as I said, God is with us in our times of joys, our times of happiness, a time, a God that is with us in our times of sadness. Lord, no matter what life's journey throws us, you're there. You're there helping us, Lord, with every step of the way. And Lord, the hands went up over this building, representing needs that were there, Lord. You can cause me to minister to souls, to the hearts and lives of men and women today. I'm praying, Lord, that you bring a deliverance to your children. Now, Father, I can only do so much. I can read the scripture and I can begin to speak about things that you've laid on my heart. But unless you anoint it, Lord, it's just words. But Lord, if it's when you anoint it, then it, it becomes the words that you speak. And they become spirit and they are life. And I pray, oh God, today that the Holy Spirit will move out and in the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll do a work of grace in this church today that we'll be able to know, Lord, the presence of God is, is here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. Reach out and touch the Lord. As he passed, you will find he's not to be. Aren't you glad to know that kind of God? And he can hear your hearts cry. He's passing by this moment. Your needs to supply. Thank you. 
is the abundant God, more than able and more than enough. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to have you in the house of the Lord today. And we want to thank you for being here and being a part of this service with us. Last Sunday, we were not here because of the Easter camp that we had down in Dry Creek, Louisiana, using the Dry Creek Baptist campground there. But I tell you, the the creek wasn't dry. We had plenty of water. Amen. And there was an abundance of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost as he ministered through um, Brother Donnie Reagan and Brother Andrew Spencer, Brother Ron Spencer. And we were blessed ever service. Amen. It was tremendous time in the Lord. And I want to thank you as a church body for hosting that meeting and doing what you can for our young people and encouraging them. Uh, you know, it wasn't a kiddie program, as you know. It was, it was a dynamic, power-packed, Holy Ghost blowout. Amen. God showed up and showed out. Amen. And we like it when he does that. Amen. So we're so thankful for you and you getting to be a part of that. Today, I also want to welcome a new little member, uh, Abigail Tushner. It's her first time to church today. Andrew and Candace Tushner has a, a brand new little one that they brought to church today, and we're so thrilled. Amen. Amen. What God has done. Isn't God good to us? Amen. Amen. I tell you what, I, I was there in, in Israel, as you know, and we prayed there for the many needs there, and we uh, actually, I was in Shiloh, where that Hannah prayed for her son, and uh, she had a barren womb, and God healed her and brought forth children, little Samuel was the prophet, and uh, so, you know, it was uh, the heart's cry of a woman, but it was really the heart's cry of, a, of an Israelite nation, a man that was crying out because of the barrenness of the church, and God answered it by giving a child, a prophet to um, Hannah and um, to the nation of Israel. So, you know, again, this would happen later in the times of John the Baptist where there was um, a, a, a couple there that had given up on having a child and, and uh, was uh, barren, Elizabeth, way past years. And it was more than, it was more than just uh, the longing in the heart of Zechariah when he went and and uh, did the incense before the Lord that day. But it was the outside that was all gathered around Israel. Many of them were praying and calling on God at that time. And uh, they were calling on God for what? For God to break the barrenness of the, of the present church. And, and God answered by giving them a prophet, which was, uh, which was of course, John the Baptist. And, and, of course, then he would introduce Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So he, he wind up being the greatest of all prophets. So, you know, again, I, I think that when Zion travails, she brings forth children. And when we travail, of course, we're looking for God to bring forth life to a barren church, to bring forth life to a barren hearts, that hearts that needs Jesus, that we can't do without him. I want you to turn with me to, to Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. 
we're going to read there this morning as we claim every redemptive promise to be ours and confess them to be true for us. So Genesis 17 verse 1, we've been laboring on this scripture and I have more things that I feel to bring out and, and I may be a little bit redundant on a few things, but that's okay. We, we, um, we will just lay it out again and again for you just to consider and maybe it'll strike home in your heart. Genesis 17 verse 1, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, and we know that is, that is El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, so may God take you, bless you as you take your seats now. And we're going to be speaking on El Shaddai, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have been taking Abraham through his journey and we see where God led him through justification and the divine call of God and then the sanctification of the blood altar. But now we, we come to a very wonderful experience where God is revealing himself to them in a very particular way as El Shaddai, which is the breasted God. And, and of course, um, that represents the God who, who has the supply for the Old and the New Testament. For every divine promise of God, or we could actually say for healing and salvation, because it is both in the atonement that he was wounded for our transgressions, that's for our sins, and, and he took our, our, the stripes for our iniquity, that again is redemption for the soul, but then by his stripes we are healed, which is, which is salvation for the body. Are healing for the body. Now, so again, you know, um, here Abraham meets God at 99 years old, and he is asked to believe the impossible. Now, it is only by the Holy Ghost that you can believe the impossible. It is this experience that is with the supernatural that allows you to truly believe God for everything that he promised. And, and so uh, let me just share with you this quotation that no matter how polished you are, if you try to place the days of miracles in the past, and there's no such a thing in explaining the way, there's only one, way for, one word for you, brother, you're an unbeliever. So again, if we, to make a believer out of us, it takes a new birth. And to be born again of the Spirit of God brings us into that new birth. Now, in this scripture here, God begins telling Abram, I am making a covenant with you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And at this, Abram falls on his face. Now, I, I just kind of view this as I look at it for a moment, that Abram um, is, uh, begins to hear God uh, speak to him and he, he falls prostrate before him and he's ready to be blessed. He is ready to receive that blessing from God and hear what he has to say. And God is saying, I'm giving you my pledge and I'm making a covenant with you and this is what I do. And, and, and when God makes a pledge, all of heaven is behind it. 
This is why in Revelation 10, when it comes to our day, that mighty angel descends from heaven and he begins to um, unlock things that are written in the scripture, but he lifts up his hands toward him that liveth forever and ever, saying, you know, uh, making a pledge or an oath that I'm going to accomplish this and all heaven is behind this promise. So when God gives a covenant with you, he is saying all of heaven is behind this promise. He gives you the Holy Ghost, then he places all heaven behind you. Amen. They are everyone in support of you. Every angel, everything is at at your disposal to accomplish what God has ordained you to do in this covenant. Now, Abraham falls on his face, or Abram falls on his face to receive this blessing. And he's hearing these words, and you can imagine as he's hearing them, you know, thou shalt be a father of many nations. And, and, and as he does, remember, he has this son, Ishmael, which is by the bondswoman. And, and he's thinking, yes, 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 Lord, you're going to bless Ishmael. You're just going to do wonderful things through him. And, you know, he's listening and he's hearing and he's just drinking in all of these blessings that are coming from God as he falls in his presence of the almighty God, El Shaddai. Amen. Who is more than enough, who is more, more, all sufficient God, more than able to do this. And all of heaven is pledged behind it. And, then, and he says, you know, to do this, I'm going to give you a new name. Because again, this is a type of the Holy Spirit. When you come to God, what does he do? He'll give you a new name. You are, your name will no longer be identified with your past with your sins. You'll no longer be that drunkard on the street or that dope head down the road or you'll no longer be that prostitute on the street or or that sinner that is there. You become the redeemed. You become born again. Amen. And when you are born again, he is your father and he has a right to name you. Amen. And he said, neither will your name be called Abram. That name there was associated with your first birth. But I'm going to give you a new name. And that new name is going to be associated with your new birth. And that new birth is the name I'm going to give you. You've been called a good name. You know, you got a good name when you was a kid. And, and you were called exalted father. And that was a good name. But, I, but no more. I'm expanding your name. I'm going to put a letter of my own name within your name. Because I am signifying this is how I'm going to do it. Abram, you are 99 years old. You cannot do what I'm going to tell you to do. It is impossible for you to fulfill this. So I am coming down into you to enable you to do it. You see, that's the only way you can ever overcome. You can turn your thousands of pages of I'm going to do good and you can write your letters of pledge and you can make your promises, but without the power of the Holy Ghost, you can never overcome. You see, that's what it requires is is the Holy Ghost. He is the overcomer, not you. He is the empower, not you. He is the one that is the promise keeper, not you. And without him in your life, you can't keep your promises. 
You'll say, I'll clean up and I'll make my pledges and I'll make my promises and I'm going to be good and I'll, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I'll not look at that evil anymore. I won't look at, at sin anymore. I, I want to gaze upon it. I won't partake of it. And you mean it. And you mean it. But you can't do it. You'll get right back down and fall right again. Because your self-efforts will never save you. All your vows, your promises, all your good intentions. And the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I'm going to do right this time. I, I'll tell you, you got my promise. I, I, and, and you mean it. You didn't mean to lie. You just can't do it. Because you see, you see you're either guided or, or, or led or possessed by one or the other, by God's Holy Spirit or Satan. And you were born with sin nature having control over you. Satan, Satan had the, the first rights to you because of the way you were born. You were born in sin. David said, shaping in iniquity, brought in the world speaking lies. And you can't help yourself. No more than Abraham at 99 years old is going to be able to have this child and Sarah going to have a child at 90. She can't do it. It's impossible. So the only way this is possible is for God to come down into Abraham himself. This is what we're talking about, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not an anointing that comes and goes, but the Spirit of God that abides forever. Amen. Because only he can keep you from falling. So Abraham, you know, your name is now father of multitudes. I, I'm going to expand what I, what I, what you even, beyond what you even think. I'm going to do things with you that you have been, gave up on a long time ago. You've been chosen as a friend of God, but I'm going to make you the founder of the Hebrew nation by God's elective covenant. And when I make a covenant, I put all of heaven behind it. I swear by him that liveth forever and ever. That's himself. Come on. Because he can swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. Is that right? He said, I pledge all that I am. I pledge all of heaven. Amen. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost because you can't make the rapture without it. No more than you can take yourself by the bootstraps and jump over the moon. You cannot make it into a rapture. You cannot be, your body cannot be changed and glorified. You won't come up in the resurrection without my life. So I'm going to put something in you. An ability. An enabler. To do things you can't do yourself. Things that you have tried to do, struggled to do, devised plans to do, figured out ways to try to do. Get you a bondswoman and try to make it happen that way. But it wasn't God's way. Are you with me? 
Amen. So he said, he, he tells him, said, I will make you exceeding fruitful, fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come of you. I've got big plans for you. And Abram is just laying there getting blessed and blessed and blessed. And listen, all these things God's saying that he's going to do with me. Kings are coming out of me and nations will rise out of me. And, and you know, at this time, all this time, he's still thinking Ishmael. Ishmael, my son, is really going to be great. Amen. You know, this was, a, this was a, my own self-effort. This was my own way of figuring out of how to bring the promised son. This was my own way of trying to devise my own plan. Are you with me? And he's thinking, Ishmael, my son, is going to be great. Kings and nations is going to come out of that boy. Oh, wow. You know, this is wonderful. And and, and this is a great pledge. And and it's God's solemn promise to Ishmael. And he said, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And he's just rejoicing. My, 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 you know, Ishmael is going to have, he's going to be blessed and God's going to be God to him. Listen, when God is your God, When God is your God, all the blessings that he has comes. All the parental abilities of that God comes. All the husband acts to a wife comes. Come on. When God is your God, he's your need supplier. Amen. He is your protector. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. When God is your God, there's a lot of great, wonderful things come when God is your God. Problem is, you know, today men make make alcohol their gods or dope their gods or education their gods or pornography their gods or Hollywood their gods or sports their gods. They make all kinds of gods when he said, don't have any other gods besides me. And they wound up bowing to the feet of those and living defeated lives. Now, 17.8 of Genesis, he's thinking, you know, my God will be Ishmael's God. His covenant is to me and to Ishmael. All of this, he's still thinking, Ishmael, Ishmael. And I will give unto thee and that I seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. You know, he said, I walked over this land, you know, for the past 25 years, and Ishmael's going to get all of it. Everything from the river Euphrates all the way over to this other side to the sea and, my, and up here, and I've walked through here, and I've, I've viewed it here, and Ishmael's going to get it all. Verse 10, this is my covenant. Now he begins to tell him what part you're going to keep. This is my covenant which he shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin 
And it shall be a token, that's a sign, of the covenant between me and thee. Wait a minute. There's something I've got to do? Yep. There's going to have to be the cutting off of the flesh. Come on. In the secret heart. In the secret place. Amen. There's going to be the cutting off of the flesh. The world's got to be cut off. Sin's got to be cut off. Amen. This is a cutting off of your own self-will, your own desires, your own ways. Every sin, whatever you want to name it, everything has got to die. You see, let me just say this. A lot of people want to come to Christ, but they don't want to die to sin. They want to say, I accept Jesus as my Savior without dying out to sin and unbelief, doubt, fear, every kind of evil devil there is. They come along down to the altars thinking, I don't want to give up this. And boy, I don't want God messing with that. And God, I ain't going to give up this or that. And God says, you, can't, you won't have my covenant. The only one that's going to have my covenant is those who have the cutoff in their flesh. Sin has got to be dealt with. You see, God is not going to live with you and that sin in your life. You must circumcise. And this, this circumcision, this sign that the world has been cut off, is going to be a sign or a token between me and you. It is the sign of the covenant. Now you say, I'm in covenant with God, Brother Jim, hallelujah, and still pornography? You don't have the sign. You say, I'm, I tell you what, Brother Jim, I, I'm in the covenant. Yes, hallelujah, I've received everything that God said, and still smoking, drinking, lying. Are you with me? Amen, living the wrong kinds of lives. And you'd want to say, oh, I'm in the covenant, hallelujah, I'm going in the rapture, I got the token. No, you don't. You see, the token will show sin has been dealt with. You're not going to take that sin into heaven. So you got to leave it here. People want to live lives and still live unholy and unrighteous and impure and yet call themselves Christians. I'm in the covenant. You're not. God said there's got to be a sign. And there's a sign between me and you. Before we, you, you've got a part to this covenant. You're going to have to die out to sin in order to be filled with the spirit of God. Amen. Now, so every seed must have, must have this token. Every male child must be circumcised. Where? In the secret place. Flesh must be removed as a sign that the world is cut off and you belong to God. This is required of every believer, not just preachers, not just song leaders, and not just deacons. Well, deacons should have this kind of qualification and, and a, a bishop should have this kind of qualification. Those are simply qualifications of a Christian. And you choose your leaders from these kind of men. 
Amen. God expects a holy walk. God expects a holy life. You cannot continue on in sin and unbelief. You must, you must have a cutting off of the world. How do I do that? Through dying out. Amen. Amen. No, there's just no dry-eyed confession going to do it. It's going to be where you surrender all. Will you lay there and let him cut off in the secret parts of your heart? Because our circumcision is in the heart. You see, this is the problem. Is the heart still sinning? Oh, with your hands, you might be smoking a cigarette, but it's your heart that's doing the sinning. With your, with your eyes, you may be looking at porn or evil movies or whatever else, but it's your heart that's doing the sinner. You are wicked in your heart. And the heart has to be changed. But there's good news for you. The message of Malachi 4 is the only message that will turn the heart. Now, when you receive the Holy Ghost, the circumcision of the heart, you're brought into the covenant. Until then, you may be a church member, but you're not in the covenant. Until then, you may belong to the society of this church, and you may belong to, uh, you know, associate uh, with the golden oldies or with the, uh, um, what, other, what other group they call it, the teen kids or, or the whatevers. You may be associated with them. You may say, well, you know, I don't fit in with any of them. But if you're born of the body, you fit in. There are times I don't feel like I fit with golden oldies either. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel like I'm a young man. Especially you get under the anointing. Something happens. Something takes over. Amen. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, the circumcision of the heart, you're brought into the covenant. The world is cut off and sin is left behind. God doesn't work in the hidden part. The secret part of a man's life is when God gives you, when that sin is cut off in the secret part of your life, that's when God gives you a new name. Look over here in Revelation 2.17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches, to him that overcometh. Watch now, once you have this victory in your life, that the sin and the world is cut off, and you enter into covenant with God, he said, I will give you to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and stone is a revelation, so it's a pure re- revelation. Amen. And in that stone, in that revelation, a new name written, yes, which no one, no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Yes, you know what? That means nobody can give you the Holy Ghost, nobody can take the Holy Ghost from you. He gives you a white stone a revelation of who God is and when you get a revelation of who God is he reveals to you who you are your name is not your first name your name is the name I give you you are now an over
overcomer. You are now blessed. You are now mine. There's all kinds of descriptions to your name. He gives you a new name that only you know. So Brother Tim, do I have the Holy Ghost? Well, I have to look and watch and wait for some fruits. But you know. You know the day it happened to you. I may have to wait for six months to see the fruits of it. See it completely and see how your life is living. You know, wait until your tree starts putting forth some fruit. So I, I see the leaves. Well, that looks like a Holy Ghost Christian. I see the fruit. Well, that, that appears to be a Holy Ghost Christian, but you know. You see this, getting the Holy Ghost and don't know it is not a Bible doctrine. Amen. At that day, you will know that I'm in the Father and the Father in me and I in you. It is something you don't guess about. It's something he reveals to you and he gives you a new name. Remember Jacob when he wrestled it out with God? What happened with him? Amen. He got a new name. Your name is Jacob. You've been a supplanter and a cheater all your life, but that's not your name now. I'm giving you a new name. You are prince with God and you have prevailed. Hallelujah, for you have wrestled with God and prevailed. Listen, this is exactly about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've got to wrestle with God and prevail. You can't just knock a little timidly and quit and walk off. You wrestle it out. Amen, until God says, okay, 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 I'll give it to you. But I wasn't going to give it to you until you dealt with that sin. I wasn't, come on now. You know, there was an old camp meeting one time and, and, uh, and a man came down to the altar and, and he was praying and, and the preacher was preaching, God is everywhere, God is everywhere, God's, God's in, your, in your heart, God's in your pocket. God. And he says, oh God, just don't get in my pocket where my back is. That's the problem with people. They want God, but they don't want him to get in where they have exalted sin. Now, so again, he that hath an ear to him that overcometh, he that is victorious. You that have, once you have this victory in your life and the sin of the world is cut off and you enter into covenant with God, then I'll give you to eat of hidden manna. I'll tell you, wow, 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 wow. Hidden manna. Can you imagine this food that was hidden? Do you know what the God's done that for our age? He gave us food that was hidden. Hidden from other ages, but left to this time. Where would he hide it in the Bible? Where would he hide manna in the Bible? In the holiest of holies. You see on the outside, they, they gathered the manna and it would grow old and it would stink before morning. It would grow wiggle tails or worms or maggots in it. And, and it would stink before morning. He said, don't you got to have a fresh, new experience every day. Right? You got to be continuing on and on. This manna's falling every day. But he said, I tell you what, I got something better. 
I got something better. I'm going to take this manna and I'm going to move it into the hidden place. It's going to be in the holiest of holies. And that holiest of holies types the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is somebody with me? Amen. And I'm going to put it there in this under the Shekinah glory and that manna will never get old. But the reason I'm doing it is because those who enter into the priesthood can come into the holiest of holies and can get the same original manna that the early church did. Hallelujah, which means that every one of you in this priesthood who have been born again by the Holy Spirit, you can go into the presence of God and get the same experience they had on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah, I believe that has happened here. And we're seeing people having the same results. Hallelujah. Amen, but it only happens in the place where the world is shut off. In the secret of his tabernacle. You cannot be out in the world and, and you say, but I ate of the word, Brother Tim, and I, I tasted of it, and, and, I, and I got some fresh, and you let it go over, and it bred worms and stank. It's nothing wrong with the manna. It's where you're keeping yourself. Get into the inner veil, into the Holy Ghost. And there your manna never gets old. It never breeds worms. It never stinks. And it's the same original manna that God gave on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Which means that our children and our children's children can have the same experience with God. Amen. That they had in the book of Acts. That here in this generation, there can be again a book of Acts church because of the night they're eating and the presence that they have come into. Now, so again, God did this so every child of God could have a taste of the original manna that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Oh my, see there again, this is so important for us to, to understand exactly what this is, the hidden manna. I'll give you a hidden manna and I'll give you a new name. I'm gonna put it in a, it'll be a revealed to you. See, it's a stone. So it's a revelation. It's something revealed personally to you. That's what it is. It's Christ. That's what Brother Branham was telling us in the, in the Christ the mystery, he said, it's Christ being revealed personally to you. He said, why are you hungering? Why are you thirsting? It's the Father trying to reveal this great mystery of the new birth to you, but you let so many things of the world keep you from it. You let your husband, your wife, your, your job, your this, your that, and the business of life that keeps you from it. You're gonna have to put everything that you, that you have into it. Amen. Amen. You know, if you're, if you're a young boy, you're going to have to want the Holy Ghost more than a new bike. That's probably out of date today. So more than a new, than, than a new iPhone. More, more, than, more than some desire. You, you name it. Certainly more than your Xbox. What is in the world is wrong? What kind of generation or young men are we raising that that's all they can do is this? 
There's no prayer life. There's no, no listening to tapes. There's no hunger for the word. I'll tell you what. You're on the outside the court. Get in. Come into the Shekinah glory. And those things won't be so important anymore. Now, it is that El Shaddai that Abram and Sarai's name are changed by God putting a new letter into their name. And this Hebrew letter actually means the breath of God. Can you imagine? God said, I'm I'm gonna breathe into you. Do you notice there's certain letters like, like an H that we have to say, it's a breath. This is God said, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put like the letter H into you and it's going to be my breath amen Amen. Amen. when you say it is it's it has to be said with the breath are you with me amen so when God comes down into you it's the breath of God it's the same thing in Genesis where you have a lifeless body and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and you are a lifeless body until he comes and breathes Amen. into you. Amen. Life. Yes. That's right. And then you're born of the breath of God. Amen. So Brother Tim, I want scripture for that. Well, remember there when, he, when the disciples were all gathered and, and, and before his ascension and, and he breathes upon them. Right. He breathes on them. Receive you the Holy Ghost, he says. Well, on the day of Pentecost, that breath had become a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. And it filled all of them that were sitting in the house. And God came down and birthed 120. Oh, my. Do you realize for the first time, sin born men actually possessed the life of God. Not a spirit that came in a boat and lifted and a boat and lifted and they sin and Moses gets mad and angry and, and he comes and it goes, but I'll abide with you forever. So God says further, okay, Abram, I got a little more to tell you. I'm changing Sari's name also. Well, that's nice. Sarai, Sarai, she's had a child to Hagar. So it's kind of nice for God to acknowledge her and honor her too for giving me Hagar for a wife so I could have a son to her. That's really nice. But he said, I'm changing her name. Now, uh, Sarai was a good name. It actually meant my princess. But he said, I'm changing her name to mother of nations. Well, that's really nice, God. You're giving her a new name, mother of nations. Well, let me tell you, when God gives a new name, It is a revelation of the will for your life. 
That's always in the name. So he says, you know, Abraham, Abraham's still thinking of Ishmael. Yeah, God's going to bless Ishmael, the child of the bondswoman. Ishmael's going to be a great nation. And, and, and Sarah's mother, she, she received this child from the bondswoman upon her knees. And, and God, you're going to bless Ishmael. But then God explains the name. He says, so you don't miss it. In Genesis 17, 16, I will bless her. Oh, that's good. Sarah will be nice to know she's finally identified, you know, because all this time you've talked to me, you've never said her name. But now, oh, she'd be glad because many times I would go in and say, God said, I'm going to give you a child and you're going to be fruitful. Well, did he say anything about me? Well, No. No, but we're going to have a child, Sarah. We're going to have a son. And finally, she just finally figures it ain't going to be her. You know, we have a whole church, an old woman, that has given up on the coming of the Lord. Well, that's as slow as the second coming of Christ, they scorn. That's blasphemy in my point, point of view. But anyway, you know, I'll bless her. And I'll give thee a son also of her. What? Wait wait a minute, God. (laughs) I've been able to follow you all this time and believe you all this time. Uh, You know, she will be a mother of nations and the kings of people shall be after her. This is going to be after Sarah's son that she's going to have. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute, God. I mean, I, I've been following this all along. Yeah, I'm going to bless her. You see, because if the church can overcome, she'll stop saying, I'm Methodist and Baptist and Presbyterian. When she can overcome her creeds in the world that's drawn her in there, she'll come back to being the bride of Jesus Christ. Miss Jesus Christ. And at first, Abram says, God, this is just too hard to believe. And he laughs at the thought of it. He, he actually laughs at the thought of it. And he says, he fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that's 100 years old? And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? God, this is impossible. But you see, when you get the Holy Ghost, then you can start believing for the impossible. You can even believe for a resurrection. You can believe for the saints to rise and be glorified. Why, you can believe that you will be glorified and turn back to a young man or woman. And you can believe that there's a meeting in the air. You can start believing a lot of things that you weren't able to without the Holy Ghost. You start believing in the impossible. And he fell on his face and laughed, said his heart shall a child be born unto him that's 100 years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear. And, God, and, and Abram said unto God, now he replies back to this, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. 
You know, God, you can do this. You can do all your promises, but do it in Ishmael. You know, I don't quite have the faith for all of this. But when the Holy Ghost comes, it turns your doubt into faith. You see, it's like this. It's like a magnet on the inside of you. You notice there's two poles. And one side pushes and the other side pulls. So, you know, when you have this magnet, you were born with your with the magnet of your heart turned toward, toward sin. So you are automatically pulled to sin. Brother Brandon said, if you take a child, don't teach him right or wrong, and he said, he'll be pulled automatically to worldly music, worldly things, he'll be pulled automatically that way. So think of that. That's the way you were. Yet that pull of your heart was pulled towards sin. And guess what? You resisted God. Some of you are sitting in this building today because your parents are your schoolmaster to lead you to Christ. And so they have forced you to come to church because they know that's the right thing for you to do. But you see, you resisted all the way. You don't want to get up in the morning and you don't want to get dressed and you can't wait till it's over with. That's because the pole of your heart is turned towards sin. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. But listen, there are two poles. So you resist the things of God and you're pulled towards sin. So you sit right there. Even some of you today, I'm preaching against porn. Well, that's just a man deal. Yeah, it is a man deal, but it's not a God deal. And when you're born again, you're not born another man. You're born a son of God. Are you with me? Amen. So you see, you're pulled towards sin and you resist God. But when God comes into life, hallelujah, there's a switch. Amen. Malachi 4 is to do what? Turn the heart of the children back to believing again. Is that right? So the message of Malachi 4 provides a new birth to turn your heart back to believing again and by the word of God, your heart is turned. And when it is, you begin to be pulled toward God now. You want to go to church. You can't wait to get to church. You're not, hey, they can't talk you out of Wednesday night. They can't talk you out of Sunday morning. Amen, because you are pulled to go to the house of God. You are pulled to do what is right. Amen, it's a pull of God. We sing the song, I feel the pull. That's exactly what it is, it's a pull. God pulls upon the life. Pulling you to him. And guess what? Then the resistor part begins to resist sin. It pushes back the devil. It pushes back unbelief. It pushes back dirty habits. Why? Because the heart is turned. So the new birth causes you to be born with your poles turned to God and resist the devil. Now, all that Ishmael might live before thee. 
And God says, verse 19, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. That's true. It is absolutely the truth. She's going to have a child. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have this son and he's going to be born of the supernatural. Because you in your own self cannot produce this. And in all your self-efforts, you can't save yourself. So he says, I'm going to establish my covenant with Isaac for everlasting covenant with his seed after him and his for Ishmael. I have heard thee. Behold, I will bless him. I will make him fruitful. I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget. And I will make him, him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. So when God finally just flatly said what's gonna happen, I'm saying this is what's gonna happen. Then God don't give him any more room for argument. He just says, I'm gonna do it and he went up from Abraham. We're through talking. Now without further explanation, God went up. He didn't say how he was gonna do this. He just said, I will do it. Sometimes we want all the details. How can Sarah do this? You know, how can a womb which is never born, a boy bring forth a child? Why, how can she do it when she couldn't have a child at 16 years old when I married her? How can a womb which, which is shriveled up bare, how can, how can her breast, how can her weak body ever have a child? How could she possibly have the strength? She's 90 years old, God. So how is she gonna give labor to a baby like this? You know, you know, you know she, well, Sarah, she's been past hope. And, and she, you know, for, and, and she had hopes now back in Luther. You know, she had hopes in Wesley. She had hopes finally at Azusa Street. And at Azusa Street, she finally just said, I'll have this child and I'll do it, I'll do it by denomination. I'll do it with a bondswoman. We're going, I'm going to have a child for you. And certainly this wild son Ishmael was strong and, and good with the bow. A goodly man, a young, strong young man. You know, what Abraham loved and wanted to see blessed. But God had other plans. I'm not in covenant with the children of the bondswoman. Sarah will have this child and it will be with Isaac I will be in covenant with. It will only be in the supernatural that I am in covenant with God, with people. So Abraham now had to, having began to wonder, how am I gonna do it? He began to drink from those promises. Come on. 
God, you were with me in justification. You were with me in sanctification. You were with me and you gave me covenant of this land. And now, Lord, you've told me you're going to do this. I see you as a God who never failed. I believe you're more than enough. Look, somewhere, whatever needs you, God, you're going to have to start believing for it. You want your children saved? You're going to have to start believing for it. You're going to have to start confessing it. Claiming it. Standing there on the promise. You want healing? You're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to judge him faithful who made a promise. You're going to have to start looking not at your symptoms. You're going to have to start looking at the big God that you serve that he made me a promise. Hallelujah. He promised I'll have a bride without spot or wrinkle. He promised I'll have a church ready for the rapture. How's he going to do it? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder myself, how? But you see, it ain't for me to figure it out. God said, I will do this. Hallelujah. What will it be? It'll be by us drinking from El Shaddai. And we got a lot more to drink from than Abraham did. We got the whole Old and the New Testament and all unsealed, none of it hidden away. God has exposed all of his word to us. Now, so he began to be strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, you're going to have to start taking the limits off of God. You want your family saved? You want your marriage healed? You want things, you're going to have to take the limits off of God. God can do this. God made a promise. God said about my children, they will be great in the land. He said about my children, thou and thy house. He said about my children, come on. The promise to you and your children, to them that straight afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You're going to have to take the scripture and begin to drink from that. Over and over and over and over. It's not one and done. And every time you're drawing strength from the word by the power of the Holy Ghost because he is, the word is the Holy Ghost. Now, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. Now, there was things to stagger at. There was things to stagger at. But Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was it? He was strong in faith. And how was he strong in faith? What, what shows the strength of his faith? He started giving praise to God. Lord, I'm 99 years old, but I'm going to have a son. And I'm going to name, I'm going to name him laughter. Amen, because we're going to laugh. We're going to laugh at Sarah's barrenness. We're going to laugh at, at my impotency. We're going to laugh at our inabilities. We're going to laugh. Amen, and he began to be strong in the faith and began to give glory to God. 
Now, you see, the Bible tells us, and I went over this scripture the other day, but in Psalm 78 and 40, how oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? And we have been told, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. We have been told, quench not the Spirit. Let him do his work. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand. And it just goes on and on and on of all what God did. And they forgot it. Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten with John Ryan that God opens the eyes of the blind? Have we forgotten with the little baby down in Mexico that God heals and raises up the dead? Have we forgotten? Somebody help me preach. Have we forgotten there where where a woman dying with cancer and there ate away to to where she's 40 pounds, Florence Nightingale? Are you with me? Have we forgotten God took her from a shadow of a woman and made her whole again? Have we forgotten? We're talking about things that were done in our generation. Have we forgotten what our God can do? That we ought to be able, if we start remembering, and that's what you need to start doing, is remember the Lord. Remember his mighty works. Remember. Why why do you think we preach about what happened to Atlanta? Because we are remembering that there's a God among us. That nothing can stand before your prayer, not even cancer. What are we doing? We are remembering. We are remembering his promises. Because otherwise, we limit God. Are we forgetting the prayer of about a 15, 16 year old girl in a prayer line one night? brought her brother running to the altar that same night. Are we forgetting how God can so quickly change the situation? Hallelujah, are you with me? Are we forgetting what God did with Philip Roncalli? There, a sinner boy who was rebellious and away from God and stubborn about it. And and one, why, he said, I found mountains of prayer cloths under my mattress. And when it was all over, what was it? It was was people remembering. Remembering you. We're not giving up on a promise. We'll come and we'll knock again. We'll seek again. We'll ask again. But one day he came to himself. Have we forgot that God is able to reach out and bring the stray and bring them back home? Have we forgotten? When we forget, we limit the Holy One of Israel. So why stagger at the promise? Why not do like Abraham? He gave praise to God. So instead of questioning God and saying, how are you going to do this? And why did this happen to me? Come on. Amen. Brother Bradham told us real clear in this day, this scripture fulfilled. I listened to it yesterday where he said, he said that you wonder sometimes, why would God let something like this happen to me? 
Why would he let this happen to me of, of cancer come into my life? And, you know, here I'm trying to live for him and do the best that I know. Why would he do it? He said, God, lets things like that happen. So you can say, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. God wants you to know that he's your God. That he's not just Atlanta's God or this one's God, but he's your God. God wants to lift your faith to cause it to come to the level of the promise. That's why you go through these things. Not for you to be defeated, but for God to show that he's God. That he's God over cancer. He's God over disease. He's God over wayward children. He's God. And when he's God, he's God over all. And he gives heaven's praise with his word. I'm standing behind it. Oh, heaven is behind it. But you see, the devil wants to cut off our praise. But when you take a Belshazzar, you drink and shout. <laughs> you just drink and shout. You just drink, mm, that was good. Glory! Go back to drinking again. Amen. You take another drink from another tape, from another word, from another message. Amen. From another voice from God speaking. And you drink of that promise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's for me. But the devil wants to take off our praise. But when we drink about Shaddai, when you get the Holy Ghost, it brings forth a praise. It makes hallelujahs roll. Well, Brother Tim, I don't think you quite get it. You see, it's the word returning. It's not the Holy Ghost falling. It's the word returning, you see. Oh. Well, you know, to me, this is the day where the word is returned. It is the Son of Man the word revealing himself. Are you with me? And when we say son of man, we're not talking about dips of the Holy Ghost. They had that down to the ages. But now is the time when the son of man is revealing himself. And that simply means the full word is coming to manifestation. That simply means that all of the word is now available and revealed for your benefit. Amen. Remember, it's not just for Brother Branham. That was to show you the sign of the Son of Man to prove that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever and that he is here and he is present and he knows your name and he knows your situation and he's got the solution to your problem. Hallelujah. So when the Son of Man is revealing the word, we're not in the day of the partial word. We're not in the day of just a pouring out of the Spirit of God. A little dip here, a little dip there. But where God is pouring out his fullness into his church. That was free, by the way. Hallelujah. Now, so it's a word return. Oh, Brother Tim, it's not the Holy Ghost falling, it's the Word returning. Okay. Well, let's take it from your side of view. Kind of like David, when he saw the ark, the Word returning. 
Didn't the Ark of the Covenant represent the Word of God? Amen. What did David do? He danced, shouted, sang, praised God. Amen. Why? Because the Ark was returning to Israel. The Ark contained the Word and all its promises. Hallelujah. What about us today? If David would respond like that, what about you? Give me a little more sound here. Now, what about you? If the word is returning in full power, then why isn't it something to shout about? I'll tell you why. Because you put it on an old ox cart, the way denominations handled it, and it kills people instead of liberates people. But David took it and put it back on the shoulders of the Levites. Amen. Upon God ordained, God sent preachers. Amen. And what happened? They brought it all the way without death. Because with your ox cart and your old man-made ideas that you learned from the Philistines, what's going to happen? You're going to cause death in the camp. But when the word is returning, it brings forth the rejoicing. Excuse me just a minute. All right. Now, so you see now, so there was Saul's daughter. Got to look in. She was of the established kingship. She was the aristocratic woman in the message. Her Saul was an intellectual giant above all. He used psychology. He, he did things, you know, to uh, bring the message in a, in a more uh, polished way. You see, uh, the messenger couldn't say it right, so we needed him to bring clarity. So, you know, this woman, Mikal, she got angry, indignant, watching the behavior of David, king. Oh, my goodness. Supposed to be the bride of Christ acting like Pentecostals. Can you imagine dancing around and doing all like that? Why well, you say, oh, Brother Jeremiah, it was just, a, it was just an organized uh, kind of step to the Lord. Brother Brandon said he was acting like an idiot. And when Michal later disrespected David publicly, she was punished with a prophecy that to her dying day, she would no more have children. She would be barren. And when you make fun of the moving of the spirit, you are under prophecy, destined to be barren, not bring forth children. From, as Brother Ron said, ice cube preachers. Amen, ice machine preachers. Bringing forth ice cube children in the pews. And David cursed her with barrenness. So just go right ahead and sit in the seat of the scornful. Just go right ahead and scorn and mock us 
when we dance and we shout. Amen. You'll be a barren church with no life. And I'm just going to say it. God is cursing every church that does not welcome the word and power. They are dead. Michal would be a dead woman. No lineage. No offspring. Ah, brother Tim, that, that's just bubble dancing. Well, bubble dance, it, it means something differently today than when Brother Brown talked about it. It was just like bubbles on the top, just shallow surface Christians who never went to the depths. But show me where that's in our case. We preach the depth of the word. Come on. We preach the seventh seal is open. The seven thunders are revealed, not by me, but by the prophet of God. We preach and we believe ever known mystery truth. We are not surface Christians. Are you with me? We live clean, holy lives. We can jump pretty high because we're living pretty high. Amen. We're not jumping higher than we live. We're not jumping and dancing and shouting and rejecting the word. Instead, we're people dancing and rejoicing because the word has returned. Now tell me, isn't that something to shout about? Isn't the word in power something to shout about? Isn't that something that is so important to us today? And because God is changing your name, you are no longer forgotten. You are no longer discouraged. Your name is no longer forsaken. Your name is not barren. You are not infertile. You are not sterile. You are not unfruitful. But your name is mother of a new race. Hallelujah. You're blessed among churches. You are chosen of God. You are elect and precious. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are beloved. You are the called of Jesus Christ. You are the children of Abraham, the royal seed. You are the children of the bride chamber. You are the children of the light. You are children of the free woman. You are the elect of God. You are epistles of Christ. You are called fellow heirs with him. You are heirs of grace, heirs of favor, heirs of the promise, heirs of the Father, heirs of salvation, both for the soul and body. Hallelujah. Why don't you rejoice like Abraham did? Amen. Give praise to God and stand him out of the promise of God through unbelief. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and praise his name. Go ahead and glorify the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord, who the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's sing that holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Amen. If you desire this power, if you need this Holy Ghost, it's here this morning. Why don't you just come and lay your Isaac on the altar? 
Amen. Say, Father, I want to die out to everything that I ever was. My own ideas, my own thoughts, my own passion, my own pride. I lay it at your feet and I give it to you. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord. You're welcome to come this morning to receive him. Say 